Welcome back. Friday form panel. Toby McKinnon, Dan Malecki. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. That's what it's all about. Dan, I'm interested, so interested in your thoughts here on race seven. And then I'll give you mine. You weren't interested in the previous race. <laughs> why, why now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I said. We're, we're allowed to disagree. That's fine. That's, uh, oh, and, no, absolutely. And, and, I, and I the, encourage it. And there'll be a text after the race one way or the other. <laughs> that's fine. No, I'm not there tomorrow night. I'm so busy I can't remember whether I'm Arthur or Martha at the moment. But uh, I'll be interested <laughs> in your thoughts on this. And then I'm going to present to you something different in your language, which you're going to understand, which I won't understand. But I'll hear from you first here. Race seven, Pride's easy feed. Maori's Idol Trot. Right, Maori's Idol. Uh, you know, there are people that I know that are pro, <laughs> yeah. uh, 99% thoroughbred people. And they will say to me, uh, I know a couple of them, that would say Maori's Idol is the best uh, horse they've ever seen of either code. Yeah. Uh, he, he, amazing horse. I was a little kid. I remember being there at the grand final uh, when he got beaten in the Inter-Dominion, but I did see him race live as a kid. I would have been, you know, anywhere seven, eight, nine years old at the time. And uh, he was an amazing horse to look at, an amazing trotter. And people that I know today and, and really respect talk about him as if he is the greatest ever. Um, so when you see the name Maori's Idol, I'm sure a lot of people in harness racing either grew up with it, depending on the generation, or you've heard his name. Uh, but he he is uh, he is an icon, godlike <laughs> Maori's Idol. What an amazing horse! And and I got to know um, uh, Brian Healy a bit later on, particularly when he had something about Maori, and he come over to New Zealand with me, and um, you know he had success by winning the Inter Dominion with Maori's Idol, and I think it completed his life, and uh, and of Mary, course he yeah. had success with Pinkalars, but um, Maori's Idol was just something else. He beat. I remember one day he beat the paces in the, the Hamilton, Hamilton Cup, Cup. 50 by meters. about forty <laughs> meters. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He, he ran second in the Blacks of Fake for Pacers. Uh, yep. Rick Van Winkle beat him, who was something like 49 wins from 80 starts. So yeah. for people in the modern Big pale era, face adios. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> like running second to Swayze and beating home Leap to Fame as a trotter. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and this so is what great. Mary's Idol did. And that those days, they were going right-handed. They yeah. were going the, yeah, the Auckland the way, way. Yeah. at Albion Park. Yeah. yeah, staggering. Amazing horse. Um, this is a good race. Um, I, look, I'm not sure. I can give a lot of horses chances. I, I have little queries. Olavici's first up, yep. as good as he is. Vacation Hill, I just don't know where she's at. She's quick and the distance suits. Sleepy's had a couple of runs back from a spell now, um, so she might be ready. Nephew of Sunoco was solid last start. Chinese Whisper, you just don't know what you're going to get. You may as well just flip a coin and... You know, work out before you flip it what you do uh, with him. Branlow Prince is fitter, courage stride. Look, he's got plenty of ability, awkward draw, Bullion Harry. Which Bullion Harry's going to turn up, I don't know. You know what he's capable of doing. And one overall uh, is probably better suited on the back line, to be truthful. So yeah. uh, that draw is not too bad for him. I think it's it's difficult uh, race. Clearly, it's difficult. I'm not sure if I've got it right. I think the draw can suit, suit Sleepy. I thought she was some, some hope of leading, but not guaranteed. Vacation Hill's the quick beginner. And over the short, may not be uh, wanting to, to hand up either. Sleepy's not a one-trick pony, but... I thought it was tough. I've gone three, uh, two, four, and nine. And, and, and as I said, it's probably a leg where you can take what you might have an inkling for in your quaddy and then maybe take field. It's a good, even field, the barrier draw, and where they're at in their preparations make it so even. 
It's a 17-20-metre race, this. Olavici's never won over the short. He's a Cox Plate horse. Uh, Branlow Prince, I think's going to have an amazing campaign. He's a Caulfield Cup horse. One overall is best over the Melbourne Cup distance. They were probably, in my opinion, the three best horses in the race, and I was left looking for something that's a miler, and really uh, the horse I come up with was Nephew Sunoco. He led in a heat of the Inter-Dominion over the mile, and he won on that occasion, and his last six starts over the short trip, he's won two of them. He won a Noopy Kiosk over 17.20 and 1.56. So I landed on Nephew of Sunoco. He's had a bit of hard in week in, week out racing or fortnightly racing. I think I've la- I've landed on him as, as my play in the race, but without a huge amount of conviction. But I'd be happy to have him go around at $9. If it was over 22.40 metres, I would have been looking at Brandlow Prince and one overall and... Uh, as the best chances in the race, but uh, there's not a horse in that race that I'd be s- surprised if they won. I can't understand how Brownlow Prince is the outsider in the race at $23, except for the fact that uh, he's a Caulfield Cup horse. Race eight, Dan, we better keep moving them along. There is the Katanar Jewelers Melton Pace Final, and... Well, it's either a very simple race, this. Talk time works across ahead of he's Ollie, and he's just too good for them. But there's some real class off the second row in Key and Kamikaze, Non Peril, Rock and Rawala, Holy Basil, I am the captain, where's Seggy? So you're either map based here or you're class based or you've gone a little each way. How did you find it? You know, I, I was so impressed with talk time last week. I tend to think she's got the class uh, on what yeah, I saw. Yeah, true. I know we, we would consider her below that top level of the four-year-olds that Emma Stewart has got, but that was first up last week, 155.3, coming off the gate very quickly. Feel confident that uh, she can lead from barrier number two, sustained pressure. Um, it was such a win last week. I, I just can't look past her. I can't see anything coming from behind and beating her. And there's some nice horses in there. Where's Seggy? As great as he was last week, and I was in his camp last week, he's going to have to go to another level. Yeah. I just don't know how they could beat talk time on what I saw last week. I'm treating her as if it was a more Vita or in Cypher in this. Um, yeah. I think yeah. she just has to win on what I saw last week. Uh, she's improved uh, 10 lengths, got the barrier draw, uh, and I think on that run last week, she's going to figure prominently through the Vic Bridge or any, any race series that they head her to. Clearly on top, clearly on top. Um, from, well, this was the hard part, to try and work out the, the other placings. I think Nonpareil will be better for that run. Um, uh, and, and then uh, where's Seggy's going to have to do a tough and 11, Holy Basil, 2, 9, 13, 11. A lot of those horses on the second line are probably the dangers, but I've left out he's Ollie, and he's, he's likely to get the, uh, yeah. the gun run, so I probably should have put him into my top four. He'll be my fifth pick, uh, if you know what I mean. He's probably a better... Uh, well, he's probably the best chance outside um, of some of the others of causing an upset. If talk time gets drilled, is vulnerable, and something comes through on the pegs late, it might be he's Ollie, but could not have been more impressed with talk time. I underrated her last week because she was first up, but that was some sort of a win, and I think she'll win again. Off what you've said, I, I'll change my little tip here. I'll go a straight-out trifecta, 2-1-8, two talk time to beat he's Ollie and, and rock and roll wall from three back the fence to run third and become just a pegs-dominated event. It's either that or or she gets beaten talk time and uh, they come from the back and God knows who could win out of all those classy animals I mentioned. Race nine, the HBV Amarillan Matriarch Pace Heat 2. Uh, it's It doesn't seem as strong, this race. And the one bit of advice I will give everyone 
Dream Maze. I spoke to Ellen McDonough 20 minutes after her last start at Kilmore. She galloped in one spot where there's a dark patch from the lights at Kilmore. There's a lot of dark patches from the lights at Kilmore. She galloped. I was going to say, which one was that? Uh, it was it not the not the the first one they get to in the back straight, Dan. It was the 19th one they get to in the back straight. And, and the real dark one, it's at about the 400-metre mark. And then that, he didn't know why she galloped. They come around the next time, and he was so ready for it. She, he could feel her looking at the dark patch, got to it, and tried to jump it. So she galloped twice on that occasion. He was adamant it was uh, that dark patch on the track. So I don't expect her to do that again. Two starts back at Warrigal. She was absolutely amazing. That's actually the second best I've ever seen a horse go at Warrigal, to be honest, behind... Uh, Jane Davies, really good horse, Captain Belisario, when he won the Eastern Challenge, and I've been to a lot of Warrigal meetings. I think she'll just dominate and win. A dollar seventy-five is uh, money for jam there. Yeah, Dan. in the in the uh, the last event on the card, I, I look, I, I tend to uh, agree with you. Um, I, I'm I'm forgiving, particularly now that you've explained it as well. So, mm. um, interesting sort of a race, though, isn't it? This um, when you got. Well, now that you've identified a, a genuine reason, it does make a difference. Um, forgot the wallet. Is forgot the wallet a danger? I think so. Is it the main danger? Probably. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Nana was really good last week. I think she's much better horse when she's on the pegs, but she's going well. And and I think Albie's done enough in her career to suggest she's more than capable. How many starts has Albie had with the Douglases? Uh, one, I think. Yeah, so open to further improvement as well. So it might be the one, then you can look at it at longer odds and think, well, you could be over the odds here because you might have more improvement to come out of your first up run, particularly with a new stable. But I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm in Dream Maze's corner, but it's a dollar seventy-five. It's at that sort of price that you could very easily uh, include in an all-up, particularly yeah. being the latter part of the night, or you come to the last race and um, you know, depending on whether you're winning, you can have a, a heavier bet, or if you're losing, you're probably going <laughs> to look for that value. So yeah, yeah. Orby might be that value. So I, I've tipped five, six, three, and seven. Yeah. Well, what did I end up? Yeah, five, six, seven. And then eight, and then I realised the three. If Nikki Nana gets to the pegs and hands up to Dream Maze, I think uh, it can certainly run second. So we're we're singing from the same hymn book there, at least, Dan, for finally at long last. And, yeah, that, that was uh, what Alan McDonough told me. It looked like that because I was there at the track. I saw it happen, and it, it just looked like that it happened. I went down, I asked him. He thought that it happened. I thought it had happened. So uh, it's pretty – if she had have won that race, I reckon she'd be about a dollar – 25 in this uh and well yeah. i remember that there was a case remember uh um rishi before he won the i think it was a smoking up sprint wasn't it in the race that ride high was in remember the huge upset that night yeah yeah and um uh, a couple of starts prior i remember it might have been the start prior but it was it was certainly in the lead up to that run and i, I was talking with john hawk the owner and and lance and they told me how the horse um, made a mistake and went roughly, but he jumped a pile of manure. Yeah, so yeah. Th that was uh, that was an excuse I I hadn't really heard before. But uh, it was uh, the manure wasn't ringing in my ears, but that that excuse was ringing in my ears when it came out and caused one of the biggest upsets we've had at Melton. Um, 
uh, full stop, but um, jumped a pile of manure. And they're little things, they're little things. Well, in this case, it was a big thing. Um, I would be careful not to put my foot in it. Um, <laughs> but th- th- they can be a genuine enough excuse. And although I hadn't heard it before, it's important to get that sort of feedback from time to time. Often you hear about it afterwards, don't you? Yeah, you've accused me of talking uh, SH1T <laughs> a few times, Dan, and, and I reckon Hawkey might have might have spoken a bit of that too over the journey at some stage. <laughs> let's get to a break. How you going, Hawkey? Uh, let's get to a break. We'll come back with Dad's best bet and his multi, and as I say, he was red hot last week.